Jones, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones. It's a podcast about Indiana Jones. Every movie, one minute at a time. Indiana Jones, minutes. Welcome back to the Indiana Jones Minute. This is the podcast where we get to the heart of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, one surprising Fight Club reference at a time. I'm Pete Mummert. I'm Tom Taylor. (laughs) I'm Jerry Porter. And today we're discussing Minute 117. We're getting real close, guys. Oh my God. (laughs) And Minute 117 begins with Director of Aerial Photography, Jack Cooperman, ASC, and ends with Chief Henchman, not the guy I thought it was, Philip Tan. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, Tommy Short Round must have just blown his nose or something because uh, we have his theme song again. <laughs> oh, God. You're right. I didn't even think of that. I'm so numb to it. <laughs> I love doing that to you. <laughs> and if you listen carefully, it sounds exactly like a scarecrow. <laughs> no, yes. Yeah, but didn't they, didn't they dangle like a dead kid in front of the orchestra when they were playing? You can kind of see it in the background if you listen really closely. <laughs> this movie will not stop terrifying me. Well, speaking of terrifying, um, one of the early credits we get in this is visual effects produced at Industrial Light and Magic, Marin County. Is ILM still the gold standard in special effects like they were in the 80s? That's a really good question. I mean, I yeah. guess... I think back then they were, you could almost say they were the only game in town. Yeah. Like they were like, they were, you know, they were that far ahead of anybody else who was doing that kind of stuff. But like now there's like a yeah. ton of folks, you know, so. Yeah. And I remember, I don't remember who, was it Star Trek or somebody didn't get ILM for their special effects and they, they were noticeably worse because of yeah, it. Yeah. That was Star Trek five. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was like they were busy and so, oh, okay. We're going to end up with something subpar. Yeah. But even like, uh, like. Ghostbusters, which was the same year, they had like a bunch of. Oh yeah, there was like Richard Edlund had his own. Play. He's, I think he still does. Mm-hmm. He had his own thing that mm-hmm. was. He had left ILM by then, had his own shop, and they did parts of the stuff for Ghostbusters, and like Ghostbusters, I think was one of those movies where like a lot of different companies did it, mm-hmm. like did different effects in the movie and stuff. So mm-hmm. I guess you know there were a bunch of people doing stuff out there. And if you look back on it now, it's like, oh, there's an awful lot of mat lines, and boy, that didn't really fit right. And you can kind of tell that's an effect and stuff. But, you know, at the time, maybe it all seemed like equally Yeah, awesome. that's that's one thing you got to think, too, is, you know, what at the time was just mind-blowing. And you look at now, and that, that's the thing that surprised me about this movie is how much of it still stands up special effects-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, there, there are a couple little goofy parts, but for the most part, like, I think it's actually pretty great. Like, the special effects still look pretty yeah. amazing and maybe because so many of them are so tactile i don't know i'm still blown away by that uh pseudo helicopter shot when they come out of the you know on the oh cliff yeah at the yeah. end of the mine chase that's crazy yeah. i was yeah. i was just gonna that. say what what is the best special effect shot in the movie and what is the worst well i think the worst is uh maybe some of the blue screen stuff where that's always tough harrison ford's climbing up the cliff and you, you see his feet kind of dangling and that yeah. it just mm. does not look good yeah. And yeah. when they when they run out, you know, there's yeah. that when they run out and there's that almost helicopter shot when they run out on the cliff and it looks incredible. 
And then they cut to these weird, like, blue screen figures kind of climbing up that looks just horrible. Right. And I think, oh, yeah. I know the worst effect in the movie. Okay. That stupid airplane crashing at the beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. really bad. That one, though, for me, has the sort of Empire Strikes Back charm, so it's... <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, I love all yeah. the bad special effects. Yeah. They're all great. Yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah you're but right. That, one. that one's like just sort of yeah. aggro. Like, oh, really? Like you threw a plane at a hill. <laughs> like you're mad at your that, kid. They threw a TIE fighter. No, I mean, I, I know. Oh, not even Keeper likes that one, do you, Keeps, huh? <laughs> Keeper gives a pause down. Yeah, he gave a pause down just for that all one. Right. Yeah. yeah, pause down. He should be giving his pause up to Matt Painting Supervisor Michael Pengrazio. Again, oh, we sure. had some really fantastic matte paintings. He did uh, oh, matte yeah. paintings and raiders. That and here amazing. We got spectacular stuff. Oh, and speaking of mats, we get uh, matte photography by a guy named David Fincher. Yeah. Who no one has heard from since. <laughs> He's just like a little matte photography guy yep. on this and I think Jedi maybe and some other Lucasfilm stuff. Yep. And uh, now he's Disappeared from of, the face of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. He tried to get some stuff <laughs> off the ground like Fight Club and The Game and- Seven, and, uh, Gone Girl. Benjamin Button and Gone yeah. Girl and like Alien 3. All, nothing really connected yep. with audiences, nope. which is too bad. <laughs> Poor guy. Zodiac, garbage, yep. you yep. know. I think Jason on the Listener's Crusade posted that a few weeks ago. It just blew me away. I was like, what? Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I didn't even know he was in. He was oh, in yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have, a, I have a question about the special effect. You know, when the heart is ripped out and pulled out of the chest, mm -hmm. Larry's chest, and it, because it's obviously not Willie's chest. <laughs> um, what, you know, and, and, it, and it, we said, you know, it kind of heals up and it, like, the Larry's chest cavity closes really quickly. Mm. Was that bad special effects, or is that the power of Kali that's making it like super bloodless and really neat and clean and kind of like? Oh, it's probably thinking you were making a PG movie and you couldn't get away with maybe the buckets of blood you would expect. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> I think it's the power of the Motion Picture Association of America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. That's what happens now. My son keeps asking me, "Now, what's the most violent?" Uh, Marvel movie that I've seen. I'm like, Sam, they're all exactly the same. It's just people punching each other or stuff blows up and stuff. But then I always think, oh, Andy Serkis gets his arm ripped off in Captain America Civil War. Or no, uh, Age of Ultron. But but the, that is like completely bloodless. Like his arm goes flying off and he's like, ow, my arm. Why'd you do that? My arm. And so he's just standing there. There's like no blood or anything. So that's like still a thing. You go, like, well, yeah. okay. Dean, we got you so much. Alrighty. And it might be good. Uh, I mean, we'll come back to their more credit names, but We've kind of danced around a little bit, the whole PG-13 issue, but we, we haven't really gotten right down into it. But this was, you know, definitively the movie that caused the rise or, you know, led yeah. to the implementation of the PG-13 rating. Yeah, well, this in Gremlins, like in the same yeah. summer. Yeah. yeah. Well, so so my question is, was the movie was actually rated PG-13? No, this was rated no. PG. The, the first PG-13 movie was Red Dawn. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Okay. Oh, which reminds me. Do you guys know what you get when um, you cross uh, Red Dawn with Blue Thunder? <laughs> Purple Rain. <laughs> Welcome to the 80s. Hey <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> George Lucas had a, a good quote about uh, the whole PG-13 thing. Um, he said, oh. Temple of Doom was too gross to be PG, and it wasn't quite gross enough to be an R. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah. And then Paramount at the time like realized they were on pretty thin ice. And they actually put a warning in newspaper advertisements. And the <laughs> warning said, uh, this film may be too intense for younger children. Isn't that like the regular... That, uh, isn't, that, isn't that like what the description of PG-13 is or something now? 
Oh, maybe it is. Maybe that. Yeah, maybe they took that from their advertisement. I don't know. Maybe. But it's interesting because in in Renzer's book, he he talks about how at the time, even though you know you know I think some parents were really worried about it. Most kids didn't at all seem to be grossed out by it and didn't really seem right. to find it unduly scary. Yeah, I think that I honestly think that whole thing is like that was Reagan's America. Yeah, and I think like you're everybody's right. like you know. Nancy Reagan was on different strokes telling people to say no to drugs and stuff. And it was very mm-hmm. like safe and very fifties. And I think yeah, that, that was, was the uh, rise of like Satanism and like sacrificing babies on altars. And yeah. Then, yeah. You yeah. play Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> yeah. and you're people's hearts out. And yeah. yeah. Well, to, I mean, Tommy, we're are you, kids. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but did you have to apologize for anything or did you, did you, did you stay up an extra 20 minutes one night, you know, after your, after your son, Sam watched Temple of Doom? <laughs> Wait, I mean, you're like, like, I mean, you're like the, you know, you're the litmus test here. You got a kid. Yeah. yeah. What is oh, he, yeah. 10? Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, we, you know what's yeah. weird? I keep it. I've, I've, I've been very careful. Like I use, I use myself at his age as the litmus test. Okay. I was 10 when I saw Raiders. I like, get, and even then I was like, I don't know. I mean, there's like melting Nazis and like, even besides that, there's like, you know, Pat Roach with his face and everything and the propeller and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and for like any of it, you know, like just Satipo with a, with a spike through his head and stuff. And that stuff just rolls right off his back. He's like, he just yeah. thinks it's fun and cool. He doesn't even blink at it. And he's like, now what's the really gory part that you're going to, like, I don't know. Yeah. Did you think that was weird when those, those guys melted? He's like, oh yeah, well, that was, that was neat. Yeah. He'll probably kill me in my sleep at some point. I don't know. I had a good run. But I think, you know, as a kid, like when I saw it as a kid, I didn't, th- I didn't think it was that. I thought Gremlins was a lot worse. Yeah, Gremlins is pretty grisly. Yeah. Gremlins is grisly for the darkness and the horribleness that is just the story in the town and the despicable <laughs> people. <laughs> Jerry hates Gremlins. Gremlins is how Jerry found out there was no uh, Santa Claus. <laughs> exactly. Gosh, you know, I'm just randomly looking up. I was going to ask this, but I figured I'd look it up anyway. I think uh-huh. Poltergeist was PG. Yeah. In 1982. Yeah. Holy cow. It might be a good time to jump back into some of these uh, in the credits, like model shop supervisor Lauren Peterson, who also did a lot of work on Raiders. And I think he's probably most famous for his role as being the, the guy with the radar gun in the basket in Star Wars. Oh, nice. Oh, he's our hero. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And, uh, you know, also effects creative consultant Phil Tippett. And he's the guy that came up with that, those little tiny water or those little air cannons to atomize the water in the, in the mine tunnels. That was that was genius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why that's I didn't. Brilliant. I didn't name that as uh, the worst special effect. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably the best special effect. <laughs> and in and, and that same scene, uh, three people's names I'll mention: David Sosala, Randy Ottenberg, and Sean Casey, the stop motion technicians. And you know the fact that for however many oh, years yeah. since this movie came out, I didn't even know it had stop motion until we started watching it one minute at a time. Yeah, that, yeah. I think that's really incredible work. That was pretty brilliant. Oh, one of the stop motion guys was a Tom. There were four Toms in this minute. Huh. It's all about me, Tom. <laughs> no Sams, no Jodies, but there's a Tom Smith. There's a Tom St. Armand, who's a stop motion animation guy. Tom Rossiter, optical lineup, and Tom Hooper, negative cutter. Hooper. So there. Hooper. Hooper. Tom Hooper. Hooper cuts the <laughs> negatives, chief. <laughs> I have... um. My uh, name for minute 117 is Ellen Lichtwart. 
<laughs> and I liked it because it was kind of like it had like a past tense thing. She's already done it. Yeah, yeah. It's happened. Get on with it. Get past it. If you can. If you can. She was she was <laughs> she was the effects animators. Let's let's get that licked wart. Yeah. 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 Cool. I liked her work. Oh, and as we get we get into like the beginnings of the uh the cast at the end of this minute. And uh did you see who Harrison Ford is credited as? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. no longer indie. Yeah, he's Indiana yeah. Jones. He was yep. indie, and yes. was he? Yeah, he was, he was playing yes. old indie, right? Just indie. He was indie yeah. and yeah. Raiders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But before, even before we get to Harrison Ford, we get a really weird one. Is we get two actors billed above him. What? We get featuring Akio Mitamura and oh. Michael Yama. Yeah, and they'll they'll show up again, but they're. It's it's interesting that the movie is featuring those two, and they're the two uh, Lao Che pilots. You're for some kidding. reason, they're billed above every ah, single other person I in the credits. I just looked at that because I thought, well, Pete's nuts. He's making this up. <laughs> I just looked at that. That's the craziest thing in the world. I, and I, I, I haven't found out anywhere why that is or what happened. But I'm I'm looking at it right now. It says featuring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then below their names, it says cast. Yeah. yeah. I glazed over that thinking that was some like, you know, non-cast thing. Yeah. No, it's, it's Boy, uh, that's weird. Yeah. But then they're building the God, regular cast, weird. like in the next minute or something. Yeah, they're built again in the in the list of cast. Are they? Oh my God. Yeah. So it's. Uh, well, you can see why that they get it twice and before. Well, the sure, but why is it awesome. featuring them? Yeah, are they like the ones that you know, like, <laughs> did they put in a good word with Kate Capshaw for Steven Spielberg or like what? <laughs> I don't know. Did they? Oh my it's not God, like that's nuts. You know, I was wondering were they in other stuff? I don't know. That's really weird. One of the guys was in 1941. <laughs> Nothing that would make me think, oh, we're going to put these guys at the very top. He saved Steven Spielberg's life or something. <laughs> yeah. Or got him out of debt or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Big time. It's really weird. That's really weird. Yeah. That's really weird. <laughs> huh. I wonder if there's a deleted scene in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> like something that could have helped us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I wonder if one of them broke Harrison Ford's back. <laughs> yeah, featuring. <laughs> oh my god. You know, um halfway through this minute the music segues into Willie's theme. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I got angry. Oh, oh, why? Yeah, I just it made me think of Willie. <laughs> like I mean just, how she you know, how she just disappears and we don't get to see her again? Yeah, just You miss her, don't you? Yeah. Nah. It just went like it's like da 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 and I'm like, nah, I don't care. <laughs> it did. Short rounds theme, you know, although ubiquitous, I'm yeah. cool with. I'm sure. fine with that. Yeah. It works in a lot of good ways. Yeah. Just way too often. And when, <laughs> and Willie's theme came came out and I just I felt no I don't know, kinship or camaraderie or like, oh, fondness. Like, yes, Willie, I miss her already. (laughs) Wasn't that great when she was Willie? Like, I miss, you know. Well, I miss you, Willie. Don't listen to these clowns. that's true. I I miss Willie more than I ever thought I would. (laughs) Let me put it that way. And I I absolutely love Willie's theme. I don't think it has anything to do with the Willie we get in the movie. Uh, I like Willie the movie and I like their theme, but I don't think they really necessarily go together. That's kind of a, yeah, I've, I've tried to think about that theme and like what it. It's a very like femme fatale, film noir, 1940s, like one of those really, you know, flowery, beautiful, orchestral, you know, wonderful scores, but it, yeah. it doesn't seem to fit her personality. No. Yeah, I agree. No. Eh. 
<laughs> it's a good theme for stomping on uh, somebody's fingers when they're trying to come up uh, under a ladder after you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem with her isn't just the theme. Yeah. <laughs> if you, let me ask theme. you guys this. Um, if you were to pick one person in the movie whose name you would change, what would it be? The last name we get in this minute of the credits, Chief Henchman. Oh. Because oh. I don't think he's the chief henchman at all. Do you know who the chief henchman is? Because I didn't. I had to look him no, up. Who, I, no. Who's the chief? Wait, the chief henchman? Who would you say in this movie is the chief henchman? Like, if you God. see that in the credits, you're like, oh, that's got to be this guy that did this. I thought it was one of the Blues Brothers, maybe, in the in Lao Shea's yeah. club. Oh, God. That's a great question. Chief henchman. It, well, yeah, you're right. It would be one of the Blues Brothers. But I'm sorry to say. Philip Tan. Is it Pat Roach? Nope. No. It's the little guy throwing knives at Indy that gets the symbol in the face. Oh, really? That's what? the chief henchman. Yeah, exactly. That's nuts. Wow. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I don't know what I would call that guy. Maybe yeah. knife guy. Knife throwing man. Maybe. Yeah, or you'd call him, uh, you know, you'd call him Sis Boom Ba. <laughs> <laughs> symbol face. Yeah. Symbol face. Symbol face. Crashy. Yeah, nipple gong. <laughs> I've got some, uh, if we want some background information to, to how this did at the box office. Yeah, I'd love that. Like one, one, one question I have is, you know, not only what do people think of the movie, but was it considered a success? And is that, you know, because we had kind of a long break between this and the next Indiana Jones movie came out. And was it because this wasn't considered a complete success or was it? So I was curious, the production budget for Temple of Doom was $28 million. Hmm. It made $25 million on its opening weekend. So absolutely smash success its first week yeah. total was the highest ever of any movie in the history of motion pictures you're wow. kidding no the first week the first week was the highest first week ever <laughs> and wow. uh, variety even ran a headline jones builds a temple of gold because it, it surpassed <laughs> return of the jedi uh as wow. the highest first week and so total domestic gross uh was 180 million and worldwide total gross was 333 million and again, wow. that's based on a $28 million budget. So definitely, you know, with the crowds, a smash success. Yeah. Nice. Um, with the critics, a slightly more mixed bag. <laughs> yeah. They, they were mixed, though. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't what you might think. It wasn't all negative. In fact, some of the big critics, you know, quite liked it. Mm -hmm. Leonard Malton did not especially like it. He said Steven Spielberg is an extraordinarily talented filmmaker, and he's given action junkies the perfect fix. But for me, Indiana uh -huh. Jones and the Temple of Doom is an overdose. Huh. So mm. I think that's interesting. Uh, Roger yeah. Ebert actually really liked it. Yeah. Um, I, I like this quote. The kind of movie where your date is always grabbing your forearm in a vice-like grip as unbearable excitement unfolds on the screen. After the movie is over, you've had a great time, but your arm is black and blue for a week. <laughs> so I think we could probably sympathize with that. Sure. Rollins. I'd have to have a date. Mm -hmm. Yeah. First, <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, here's one that uh, you might identify with a little more, Jer. Tom McCarthy at Variety. Critical opinion is undoubtedly irrelevant for such a surefire commercial attraction as Indiana Jones, except that Spielberg is such a talented director. It's a shame to see him lose all sense of subtlety and nuance. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. That's, that's it. That's yeah. me. Because you know, I still like it. Yeah. Yeah. And then one last one I was looking at, uh, the original New York Times review from Vincent Canby. Um, he gave it 4.5 out of 5 stars, 
uh, but his review was was a little more nuanced than Variety thought Spielberg's film work was. But he said, uh, too shapeless to be the fun that Raiders is, but shape may be beside the point. Old time, 15 part movie serials didn't have shape. They just went on and on and on, which is what Indiana Jones does with humor and technical invention. Yeah. Yeah, that's it too. He's embracing the old time serial fun of it and, and saying, yeah. enjoy the ride. Yeah, that was the, that was like a lot of the, the debate. Like, mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, like that, that poll we put up a while ago of like, you know, about the mine cart flying off the track yeah. and then just land. Is, it, yeah. you know, is this is this stupid? No, come on. Or is it, hooray, this is crazy fun. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's what the big debate was back then. And, you know, I realize one of the reasons I think you, you love Temple of Doom so much, Pete, is you love that. You love campy mm-hmm. serial 1931 mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And surprisingly, another person that, that liked it was Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. He said, I was fairly well pleased with the final result. It certainly was a darker story, but worth it. So <laughs> wow. Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he liked anything. Good for yeah. him. For him, that's like that. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a rave review. Yeah. Kate Capshaw was unprepared for the negative reaction her character garnered. Wow. <laughs> yeah. She, <laughs> she said she had a lot of fun doing the role and was surprised that people reacted the way they did to it. Hmm. And it was uh, it was nominated for two Academy Awards. Um it lost, lost pass- to Gandhi. Nope. Oh. Passage to <laughs> India for original score it lost. Oh my god, the irony. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That was it. That, Good, and, I'm glad. Passage to India and Amadeus both like ran the, oh. the awards that year, I think. But, yeah, you know, both good movies. Um, it the, the Academy Award it did win was visual effects, and it beat Ghostbusters in 2010. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And then as soon as this was over, St- Steven Spielberg started working on Color Purple, and uh, George Lucas kept going with his retirement from directing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> full wow. steam ahead. Yeah, yeah full retirement. steam ahead. But he did within just a couple of months of this being released had already finished his treatment. Uh, of Indy 3, which was entitled Indiana Jones and the Monkey King. All right. Which we will get into perhaps in a special episode. Maybe, yeah. Hmm. We probably should. Yeah. Well, you know, at, at the very end of Raiders, we debated whether or not, um, you know, the, the the ending was a happy one. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that was a, I thought that was a really good question and something we could all bite into. You know, mm-hmm. this is clearly, the ending of Temple Doom is clearly supposed to be a happy ending. So, you know, I'm asking you guys, are you guys happy? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a very, very, very different ending than Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing about it that's going to, like, stick with you. Like, well, way. think about, like, fools, bureaucratic fools. Yeah. yeah. That's how that ends. They don't know what they've got there. But see, you know? I think this is one of those, you know, when you look at, at photographs of somebody on a, you know a warm, sunny summer day, and you're looking back at this photograph and you realize that they suffered some tragedy the next day. And I think that colors, (laughs) at least for this movie, the the, the end of this movie, because Shorty and Willie are just gone. Like after this, something befalls them that we never hear from them again. Well, that can either be seen as like tragic or it could be seen as like, oh, this movie's sort of inconsequential. Like it it just doesn't, uh, I know now that we don't see these people again. And so maybe it just doesn't matter or something. But I'm, I'm curious, like, like them. watching this in 1984, I wonder if people thought the next movie was going to have them in it. You know, or I wonder if people, like, I wonder if how many people realize this was a prequel. 
or at the, as they called it at the time, a pre-sequel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people figured that Short Round was now, like, he was now part of the team. I thought, yeah, right. I, I yeah. thought so too, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I, are you guys happy or satisfied with the ending? I mean, it's like, are you happy or satisfied with an ending of like an episode of The Love Boat or something? It's like things are wrapped up. Everybody's happy. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. Yeah, it's 10 o'clock. It's time to go to bed. Yeah. yeah. You got to get your pajamas on. <laughs> right. Say goodnight to your grandma. Yeah, and then sneak back down and watch Fantasy Island. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Did we live in the same house? Yes, we did. <laughs> have the same grandma? <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, they all—all all the characters seem happy, so I guess I'm supposed to be happy. Hooray. Yeah, I think it's supposed—I think it's supposed to be a happy ending. Yeah. Well, no, I know it is. That's what's interesting. There's there's not much to debate, except yeah. I'm saying, do you feel happy? Yeah, I feel like. I mean, personally, I feel like as much as I love so much of this movie, I feel like the ending kind of misses the mark a little bit. You it's do? A little, yeah, it's yeah. a little. Yeah. Button down. It's so, a, little, mm-hmm. a little empty yeah. for me, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is, it, is it because we don't see Willie and Shorty and we don't know what happens to them? And so we're thinking like Raiders takes place, what, like a semester and a half later? <laughs> well, and so, that, and these people are poof, gone. Is that why it's, <laughs> is that why you, it's, it's empty for you, Pete? It's partially that, but then it's, it's also partially that they just tie everything up in such a neat little bow in, in two minutes. Yeah. You know, they, oh, they yeah. resolve every thread at the same time in a very sort of superficial manner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I wish they'd ended it with him climbing up the, the rock. Oh, and the, and the movie just, yeah, it ended with Full him credits. Yeah. right there. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And you just, you know that the kids get back and. Are you, you that's, yeah. you always wonder, did they make or it you back? Don't care. Yeah. Did Shorty fall <laughs> oh, off the cliff? Care. Is that why, is that why we never see him again? Who knows what happens? <laughs> yeah. One wrong step. Yep. Oh, wait a minute. There's something coming in here. Oh, my Coming over the wire. Yeah. This just in from Professor Christy Porter. If Temple of Doom was a Slurpee flavor, what flavor would it be? Disgusting. Oh, you know what, though? I always come back to the monkey brains and knowing that in real life there was some sort of like strawberry custardy whip thing. So maybe it'd be some kind of like, you know, berry, berry froth. Like, <laughs> like citrus cerebellum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'd say yeah. the I'd say the Coke flavor because this is just pure caffeine. Oh sure. Yeah. Oh wow, look at you, Pete. All right, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty good. Be like uh, bloody pineapple pulp. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> bloody beetle pineapple pulp. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One of the the less popular flavors at Seven Eleven, but <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It it, it doesn't leave you entirely satisfied (laughs) (laughs) although there's a picture of a happy bloody pineapple pulp (laughs) but you got the huge one anyway you got the biggest size you could yeah you got the biggest size you could and it's it's, you know it's got the date on it (laughs) like (laughs) summer (laughs) well if somebody wants to join us for a slurpee tom for one last slurpee uh for our last evening before our last show of the season what would you recommend Oh, I recommend they meet us at uh, the nearest 7-Eleven and call us on the phone, and then we'll just talk to each other while we get a Slurpee in our own, you know, neighborhood uh, 7-Elevens. Or, if you want to be really virtual about it, you can just join us at uh, Indiana Jones Minute and the Listener's Crusade on Facebook, which is our group there where uh, you and all your listener friends 
uh, get together with us and you chat about Raiders and Temple of Doom and Indiana Jones and all the fun things uh, that they bring up in our lives. And it's awesome. Please do that. And please join us back here tomorrow one more time for Temple of Doom here on the Indiana Jones Minute. Gary! <laughs> Licked Ward! <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Licked Ward. <laughs> <laughs>